You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. We don't need a name. We're a team. Your, your name is Team. You're on a tight leash too, bro. Wayne Haskins. Mr. Glass, Carson Wentz, and his offense. Prime time. Damn. Yeah, I love your optimism. I had to get a tall boy for the event. The New York football giants. Deep sleep. Deep, bro. Al Michaels is showing up to work. Nate Solder, get your ass in the building. <laughs> Dude, you should see B. Wills' face right now. He's so giddy. Appreciate being a part of this show, guys. Yes, sir. That was as great as I thought it could be. <laughs> what it do, baby? Week 15 of the NFC East Feast, and for the first time since week one, the Washington football team has sole possession of first place. I want to congratulate Coach Rivera, the entire organization. Hell of a win. Um, Four-game win streak for you guys. Went out um, to – last week I said you guys were going – to San Francisco to play. I was wrong. When I turned on the TV, the game was actually played in Arizona because, of course, Governor Newsom of California is a tyrant and he won't let anything fun happen. No reindeer games in California. So you guys had to play in Arizona. Doesn't matter where the game was played, though. The Washington football defense showed up, scored two defensive touchdowns in route to a victory, and y'all sit in first place, man. Congratulations. Thank you, man. Thank you. And it was in Arizona, a uh, beautiful area. I was just there a few months ago in Sedona. Uh, shout out to, to Kirsten, my fiance. We had a great time. But uh, yes, it was a defensive ball game. And it was the Washington football team's defense versus the San Francisco 49ers. Because let's be real, there was very little offense at that game. Um, I think the defense, honestly, probably the best defensive performance I've seen all year from any team. And it's really hard to deny that because they solely won that game. They won the game off of points from their defense, not their offense. We scored more on defense than the 49ers did on offense. And it was every... Dude, I don't remember when I could watch my team play and every single third down, I'm confident with our defensive on the field. You're going to get off the field. That is so... I'm not going to say... That is so nice because you ever watched that team and I'm sure you have because you've watched it all year, but... Have you ever watched when it's third and long and you're like, all right, this is, we got, come on, we got, we're going to stop. It's third and 12, you know, it's third and 12. We're going to stop them. We're going to get the ball back. And then they somehow get a 15 yard gain screen or across the middle. Someone's wide open. You're just like, what is wrong? You know what I mean though? You know, I watch it every single Sunday. Like it's a recurring nightmare over and over played in my brain. So I know exactly what you're talking about, but I do not think that's something that you're going to have to worry about from here on out, man. Y'all been, I mean, balling all year. It's not, it's not a new thing for the Washington football defense, but that was impressive. Not only do you shut them down, your, your defense generated points. First and foremost, um, Deron Payne strip sacking chase young, running like a goddamn strong safety, scooping that thing up. I mean, held it like a, like a rack of lambs uh, down the sideline as yeah. he went into the end zone. But whatever, nobody was going to catch that guy. And your boy, you've been shouting him out for weeks, the seventh-round gem out of Arkansas, Cameron Curl, with a pick six to end the third quarter. And that's what sealed the game for you guys, man. Impressive oh, yeah. victory. Four-game winning streak. 
Yeah, I, I, a four-game winning streak, that was, that's huge. I, I don't remember the last time we've done that. I'd have to look that up. But I will say, man, on the cons of the game, I no longer want Dwayne Haskins on this team, man. I no longer want any part of him. I think he truly is, as I said, I think week five, I think he's the next Jamarcus Russell. I don't see him doing he's well. He's not that fat. Uh, he's not that fat, but I see him getting that way after the depression. He's either, the depression's probably going to hit in the offseason. Um, but no, it's, it is sad. And, you know, all we needed him to do was just run the clock out at the end of the game, but he's still making like borderline Aaron throws, trying to prove something. He's just not right in the head. I don't know if he could, I, I wish the best for Dwayne. I just don't want, you know, I don't want him on my Washington football team any longer. I, I, am really curious. I'll, I'll get into next week's game or this week's game here, uh, after review the rest of the games, but I will say, I do not believe in Dwayne Haskins whatsoever. And I, I really hope, uh, we move on from him. I mean, nor should he, he gave you no reason to believe in him. He came in the game. Um, I believe he played the entire second half pass for 51 yards. I mean, the entire offense is pretty stagnant, um, for the second straight week. Terry McLaurin was a no-show, but you guys are showing you're not scary Terry dependent. Um, not that the offense moved the ball, but at least you guys were able to um, play somewhat clean football and not let the 49ers run away with it, despite you guys not moving the football. Antonio Gibson not being there, um, that was huge. So I'm not sure his status. Is he coming back this week, do you know, with the turf toe? He's still questionable right now. I, I don't think um, they want to use him against the Seahawks and, and probably want to move on to the next week. Yeah, I think that's probably for the best that you guys just let him rest up for those uh, important games on the stretch. And then you guys got Philly in week 17. Um, that'll probably um, possibly decide the division. But yeah, the the, the Washington football offense um, is completely inept. Not not going to move the football at all. Um, but maybe if Alex Smith comes back this week, I hope he does. You guys will have a little bit of a better chance. But as long as the defense is playing like that, you guys are going to yeah. be a hard team to beat, man. Got quite that's a challenge true. coming up with Russell Wilson and the Seahawks. But I think you guys are up for the test. So I look forward to seeing the first place football team uh, this week. Absolutely. Uh, now, a team that was tied for first and that I know I was really high on. Um, I think everyone was high on them last week was the New York football Giants. And they laid an egg this week. They did not play very well. Arizona Cardinals dominated that game. They ended up going into East Rutherford, New Jersey and winning 26 to 7. Kyler Murray, we said he was banged up. He played okay, threw for 244 yards. Um, it was really DeAndre Hopkins, who if he's not the best receiver in the league. My apologies to Devontae Adams. He's he's 1B. Um, DeAndre had nine catches for 136 yards. Guy was balling. Didn't matter if it was James Bradbury, Logan Ryan. They couldn't stop him. Uh, but I'm not going to pin this on the, on the New York Giants defense. Uh, I watched the majority of this game, and within the first four possessions, um, Daniel Jones fumbled the ball. Old Danny was up to his old tricks. Um, he turned the ball over and Dion Lewis fumbled the ball on special teams, which gave the Cardinals their first four possessions were in the Giants, uh, territory. Did you, did you watch that game B? Did I watch the Giants versus yeah, the Cardinals? whole game? Um, the second half I had it on red zone. So I watched Dude, H- Hassan Reddick. Five absolutely sacks. Blue. Dude, five sacks, three forced fumbles. Monster. It was like ridiculous. Sorry to yeah. interrupt you. I just no, that, no, no. That, that highlight of him just absolutely destroying the New York Giants offensive line. It, it just was really impressive. No, speaking of the Giants, he looked like Lawrence Taylor. I mean, the guy was blown. Yeah. And, we, and yeah. this this brings me back to a point we've been making the entire season. The New York Giants offensive line. If the Giants do not win this division, 
that is what they will look back on as the reason why they did not. Their offensive line is horrible. Um, Hassan Reddick was going up against Andrew Thomas, their first-round rookie, the majority of the game. He, he was, was lost, bro. Oh, yeah. Yes. He absolutely. did not look like a first-rounder, dude, at all. No, I mean, no, no. He was the number four yeah. overall pick, and he certainly is not playing with it. A lot of the other first-round tackles out there, um, Jedrick Wills out of Alabama, who's playing for the Cleveland Browns, um, is playing much better than him. Uh, but, I mean, it's it's the entire offensive line. It's, it's not just Andrew Thomas. So the Giants' offensive line didn't do them any favors, certainly didn't do Daniel Jones any favors. I know he had a bad hammy going into it. Now he has a bad ankle. So he's extremely questionable, looking maybe even doubtful going into next week. But that's the story of the game. The Giants' defense is still a good defense to me. I don't think they gave up 26 points. I think the New York Giants' offense gave up 26 points. I've been talking about Wayne Gallman the past couple weeks, and that's why they weren't successful is because they couldn't get the running game going with Wayne Gallman. And obviously without the running game and Wayne, they cannot move the football. So the Giants played a pretty piss poor game. I saw it was midway through the third quarter before the Giants even ran a play in Arizona territory. So that tells you a little bit about how that game went. So the, the Giants, who were on a four-game win streak themselves, much like Washington football, came to an abrupt end, and they now find themselves in second place in the NFC East. Only one game out, though. And as we've talked about many times, they swept the Washington football team. So all they got to do is win one, and you guys lose one, and they're right back in first place. But that's not going to be so easy this week as the Giants have a difficult game. I think all four teams in the NFC East have a difficult game going up. But we will not look forward to Week 15 before we wrap up Week 14. And I think the biggest story and surprise, we talked about a couple surprises last week with the Giants beating Seattle and you guys beating uh, the then undefeated Pittsburgh Steelers. But this week, the biggest shock in the NFL was the Philadelphia Eagles and their new rookie quarterback, Jalen Hurts, ending the New Orleans Saints' nine-game winning streak. And you could tell immediately, man, Jalen Hurts, Jalen Hurts was a shot in the arm for this Eagles offense. It's exactly what they needed. To me, George, the Eagles, for the first time this entire season, they had an identity. Mm-hmm. Jalen Hurts came in, second rookie quarterback in the history of the National Football League to rush for over 100 yards in his first start. The other one probably won't surprise anybody is Lamar Jackson. But Jalen came in, rushed for 100 yards, was efficient in the passing game, went 17 for 30 for a buck 67 and a touchdown, no turnovers. And Miles Sanders finally was removed from the milk carton. We found Miles. 14 carries for a buck 15 and two touchdowns. The Eagles turned into a power running football team. Oh, yeah. He was the most pivotal part of that entire game was Miles. Let's be real. I mean, he looked absolutely amazing during that entire game. The offensive line was gelling. Obviously, they were really motivated, uh, you know, having that new quarterback in there. But it was it was miles all day long. And and credit to that offensive line for really, uh, you know, putting miles on on their shoulders. For sure. And I think those guys played inspired football with a new quarterback under center. Um, I think it was the right move for for uh, for Doug Peterson to do. And um, what was really weird is after the game, they had their biggest victory of the season, and Doug Peterson was very ho hum about it. Wouldn't even commit to Jalen Hurts being the starter for the next week's game. Uh, now, now the next day on Monday morning's press conference, he immediately said that yes, Jalen is going to be our starter going forward. Mm-hmm. But it made me start thinking: what is the benefit of Doug Peterson doing this? And I thought maybe. If Doug Peterson is going to kind of play coy about it and be like, oh, we don't know who our starter is going forward. And he was he was like, oh, Jalen played well and didn't, didn't really hype him up too much. My thought 
is that I mean, he was perhaps, 17 for 30. I mean, 17 for 30, dude, but they uh, beat the New Orleans no, Saints no, number one seed in the no. NFC. And I don't think no. anyone thinks that if Carson Wentz was under center in that game, they, they would have won that football game. Mm-hmm. But I think my hot take is that Doug Peterson purposely doesn't want to pump up Jalen Hurts too much and downplay Carson Wentz because that hurts Carson Wentz's value, value. Yeah. going into the offseason. So maybe it's not really a hot take. Maybe yeah, I'm just an really idiot, hot. and I'm just yeah, pointing out fair. the obvious. <laughs> um, no, Jalen no. threw a touchdown pass to um, Alshon Jeffrey, who apparently is still in the National Football League. I forgot that he was still playing. Good, good for the Eagles. Um, their defense played well. They picked off Taysom Hill. You know, Taysom was on quite a high. Taysom Hill actually played a pretty good game, but the secret to success for the Eagles was slowing down Alvin Kamara in that running game. Um, they held Michael Thomas in check. He had 84 yards receiving, but they didn't let him blow the top off the defense. But the Eagles, their most impressive win of the season, and I don't, I don't know. I mean, they're only a game and a half out of first place, so I don't know if, if you're an Eagles fan right now, if you're pumped up or you just wish they would have kept Carson Winston so you could secure that top five draft pick. So kind yeah. of a weak place to be in the city of brotherly love right now. Yeah, I don't necessarily think Philly's going to make a run. To be honest with you, um, I think it was a great win. I really do. I think uh, I think the loss of Darius Slay. Now I don't know if he's going to be back, but they have a lot of injuries on that defense, and uh, they they still have a tough road ahead of them. And I think it is a pivotal game for us, Week 17, going against them. So I'm looking forward to that. But uh, but Miles Sanders, absolute stud that entire game again, and um, they don't miss Carson. And I think you're right. I think they're trying to create some trade value for Carson, but I still see nothing there. I think people are smart enough to know that that Carson's lost Philly as a fan base, as ownership, as coaching, as players. The players are working a lot harder for the new quarterback, and and that's to be respected. So let's move on to the Cowboys. The last place the team. Bengals, dude. What a game. What a game. <laughs> I don't want to talk a lot about this game, even though this is my favorite team. Uh, I mean, we won the game. I believe the score. We, we, <laughs> we, 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 we won it. We, we won, won it, the game. We won it, dude. We're sitting here a week out of Christmas Eve. Santa's loading up his sleigh right now. We finally got our fourth win of the season. But we won 30-7, to seven, our most dominant victory of the season. But this wasn't so much good Cowboys as it was bad Bengals, Okay. Um, of course, of, of course, I watched this game and Cincinnati played what I would call nothing other than Bengal ball within the first 17 minutes of this game. They lost three fumbles. OK, one of which um, Alden Smith scooped and scored for a 78 yard touchdown. And that, the game was over before it even started for Cincinnati. Before you knew it, the Cowboys were up 17 to nothing. Uh, they got in the end zone right before the end of the half. They got a touchdown um, by A.J. Green. Uh, Brandon Allen threw a touchdown. But the Cowboys played pretty good. They probably would have lost to most teams with this effort. But because they were playing Cincinnati, they got the dub. But I think it's just good for Mike McCarthy. Um, Stephen Jones came out after the game and reiterated again. Mike McCarthy will be the coach of the Dallas Cowboys next season. So if that's the case, and I've already accepted it, like I said, I don't want him back, but he will be back. I think it's a good thing. We need this group to learn to win as a unit. We still have the number four pick in the NFL draft, so that's cool. As long as we can win some games and still secure a top five pick, that's what I want to see. Now, as we look forward to week 15, I have an interesting take coming up. But right now, we do still sit in last place. Um... I want to shout out Andy Dalton, man. He is my NFC East hero of the week. Although he was only 16 for 23, 
very efficient numbers by Andy. He threw for a buck 85 and two touchdowns. I just know for him personally to walk into the jungle, which is what they call the Bengal Stadium, and get a victory, it meant a lot for Andy Dalton. So good for you, Andy, for, to get that victory and to get the Cowboys their fourth win of the season. Now, as we look ahead to week 15, and dude, as I say that out loud, like, dude, we're already in week 15. There's th- three weeks left in the NFL season. After after that make a wish uh, promo for Andy Dalton, I thought that was uh, I thought week fifteen is 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 crazy. <laughs> Andy Dalton, my cause, my cleats. Donate to his charity today, guys. Andy is a good man. Okay, <laughs> that was like sad. I was like, shout out to Andy Dalton, man. He's really been struggling lately with some drug abuse, <laughs> and doesn't lot of he really needs your help. So if you could shout out to Andy, man, yeah, walk into that Bengals stadium, which no one's there, nobody bang. What do they call it? You said Bengal what? The jungle. They call the, the jungle. jungle. The jungle. Well, Does anyone relate the Bengals for the last five years as the jungle? Have you ever seen it? They actually, on, on the sides of their stadium. Did they do they, that? They, yes. They play Welcome to the Jungle, the Guns N' Roses song, and they have like little bamboo and leaves on the sides of the stadium, so it looks like a jungle, you know, because Bengal tigers. I don't know wow. if you I don't, Yeah. I didn't know I, it was that deep. I really didn't. Yeah. Does yeah, people I, out there listening know it's that deep? You think? I don't know. I know personally, I used to be the biggest Chad Johnson, aka Ocho Cinco ah, fan. So like, yeah. I used to when they had Chad Johnson and TJ Huzmanzada and Carson Palmer. Carson was Palmer, a, dude. Yeah, yeah. I, I was a big Bengals fan. So I mean, they were a pretty good team for a while. So TJ Huzmanzada. TJ Huzmanzada. How was your Mazil? Well, back to my Dallas Cowboys. We sit at four and nine. Okay, and we are still in last place in the NFC East. Now, this week, we play the San Francisco 49ers, another beleaguered team. And San Francisco might be more beat up than the Dallas Cowboys. They are so injury-riddled from the quarterback position. Um, their top running back, Raheem Mostert, has missed most of the season. Sounds like he's probably going to miss this game as well. Their defensive line is riddled with injuries from both. They lost the middle linebacker, too. Damn. So obviously the linebacking core is getting hit as well. I talked about last week. I love their secondary with Jimmy Ward and Verrett and Sherman. But other than the secondary, they're not looking too good, bro. So I expect the Cowboys to come out and play a good game with some momentum. And I think the Dallas Cowboys are going to get the victory against the San Francisco 49ers. This for the franchises is a big game. These are two of the historic franchises in the NFL. Both of these teams have five Super Bowl victories which is second behind the Pittsburgh Steelers for most all time. And back in the 90s, this pretty much every other year was a Troy Aikman-Steve Young NFC Championships showdown. So this is a big game for my Dallas Cowboys. I think the other three teams in the NFC East take an L this week. That means that if my Dallas Cowboys can get the victory against the 49ers, guess what, George? We're one game out of the NFC East lead. And I think that's exactly what's going to happen. And we already beat the New York Giants, and we get to play them again. So let's not look too far ahead, but I will. Let's say we sweep the New York Giants. And all of a sudden, Washington football team win the NFC East. Exactly. Exactly. It's not where I was going with this. The Cowboys finished 6-10, and and we can win the division. There's still hope. But it all starts with this game. We have to win this game. Because of the win last week and the tough division op- divisional opponents for both the Washington football team, Philadelphia Eagles, and New York Giants this week, I think the Cowboys got a shot at this division still. So I'm going to pick the Cowboys to win this game. Very ugly. 20-16. to 16. 
How about them Cowboys? Yeah, it, this is a tough game for me um, because I I don't hate Nick Mullins as a quarterback, and I think he ran into a couple mistakes that weren't, weren't really on him. Uh, a lot of miscommunication with his young receivers, uh, some of the running backs. You know, he didn't get much time in the pocket with with our outstanding defensive line, obviously, and and we're a solid defense. And you can't really relate to your game with my game because let's be real, my defense is better than yours. Let's just say that. Um, but Nick Mullins, you could tell how frustrated he is. I really think he's putting it all in for this week against the Cowboys. I don't think he, he comes up on top, out top, I'm sorry, out on top on this one, but I do see the Cowboys and both the 49ers putting up a lot of points. I think it's going to be more than 27, 16. I think it's going to be maybe 27, 34, something like that. Uh, this, this is, this might be get out of control to be honest with you, because either defenses are great by any means. And I know Nick Mullins wants to come back and at least have a, you know, a good outing, uh, for his, his recovery week. Let's say that after we're talking to make a wish, but yeah, no, it's going to be a, it's going to be a, a, you know, the ball is going to be flying. That's for sure. So you got the the Cowboys winning or the Niners? I, I man, I think this is. I think the Niners are going to win this game. Okay, I think the you I, but I could totally see the Cowboys winning this game as well. So I, I can't do sure. that. Yeah, no, I think I think this is a toss up game. Both teams are all all more than likely, just despite my false hope out of playoff contention. Well, I'm picking the Cowboys. I'm picking the Cowboys because I I just don't think that locker room is in it now. The 49ers have lost too many people. The Cowboys are coming somewhat back to health, and and they, I just don't think they have momentum going into this week. And I think Cowboys are going to win. Yeah. All right. So me and George are on the record as the Cowboys getting their fifth win of the season. Now, another team that's going to try to get their fifth win of the season is the Philadelphia Eagles and their new quarterback, Carson Wentz. But they are traveling out to the desert to play Kyler Murray and the Arizona Cardinals. I think Arizona is going to do something that one of their divisional opponents, the Los Angeles Rams, did, and that is finish off a clean sweep of the NFC East. As you and I both know, Kyler Murray diced up the Washington football team, the Dallas Cowboys, and the New York Giants last week. I think that story continues. I think Jalen Hurts was a nice story for a week. I think he comes out and might play a decent game, but who knows? Obviously, Hassan Reddick is red hot. He might not have five sacks, but I'll give him one and a half or two. That Eagles O-line is still beat up. They certainly came together and played a better game, but I don't think Miles Sanders is going for an 82-yard touchdown in this game. And if Miles Sanders ain't running wild and Jalen Hurts ain't running for 100 yards, and I damn sure don't think he's running for 100 yards again, I don't see a path to the Eagles victory right here. I think um, Darius Slay being out is a big problem for the Philadelphia Eagles. I think DeAndre Hopkins, I think he had a buck 30, I said earlier last week. I say he goes for a buck 45 this week. I think DeAndre Hopkins has a good game. Uh, Ken Kenyon Drake seems to be running the ball well lately for Arizona. So I think Arizona uh, puts together a back-to-back winning streak against the NFC East and finish off, finishes off the clean sweep of the division. I got the Cardinals winning 33 to 17. Pretty dominant victory. Yeah, I, I agree with you. And, and I also say, I think they finally have tape on Hertz, right? You know, they're going to. Good gonna, point. Good yeah, point. 
they're going to be able to see how they have a lot of more run option. And, you know, we, the Saints probably should have read that and, and probably thought that through beforehand. But at least we have tape now. And I think the Cardinals are, are definitely swinging the momentum at this point. I think they know they have to step up by the, at this time of the year. I think they're a lot better team than they've shown as of recent. Obviously, last week they looked fantastic. But before that, um, I think their defensive line has stepped up a lot. I think Kyler is is really meshing uh, with Kenyon Drake and those and those DeAndre Hopkins. I mean, they're ha- they, let's be real. They, they could possibly have one of the top five offenses in the league, uh, bar none. So they're, they're nothing to play with, and their defense is, is complementing that pretty well as of late. Um, so I do see this game being a high-scoring game. Let's go ahead and we'll say Eagles 10, Cardinals 30. I really think this is a blowout. I think this is an eye-opening experience for Hertz and, and the Eagles. And let's see what Doug says in the press conference afterward. Afterward. No, me too, man. That was actually a really good point. And I heard Colin say that this week, that um, the biggest advantage that Jalen Hurts had going into that victory last week over the Saints is the Saints defense, along with defensive coordinator Mickey Loomis. Excuse me. That's Mickey Loomis. Manager. No, no, that's that's just oh, general okay. manager. Excuse me. Um, their Saints defensive coordinator didn't have anything to prepare for. But like you said, the Cardinals have some film this week. So... I think that's going to be a big problem for Jalen Hurts. I think the read option shit kind of gets thrown out the window. You make Jalen take those three to five step drops. I see a few turnovers. Um, you know, we love Buda Baker, the safety for the Cardinals. I can see him, see him having an interception or two, maybe taking one to the house. So yeah, we, we're both on Arizona pretty strong. A team that we're both on pretty strong as well is the Washington football team. Mm-hmm. First place. <clears throat> goes, actually hosts the Seattle Seahawks. So you got Russell Wilson coming to your house. This is going to be a big test for you guys, man. Four-game winning streak, but now you got Russell Wilson. I'll go out and say it, B. We're losing this game. We're losing okay. this game. I'm glad you um, I'm going to go ahead and say it right now. I think that the Seahawks are obviously blew out the Jets, and let's be real. Does that matter? Not really. No. But, yeah, they, they got some confidence going into this week. You know, they still had a big win against the Jets, whatever. Um, but having a healthy KJ Wright, Bobby Wagner, Carlos Dunlap has looked good. Uh, Quentin Dunbar, he's going against his old team. He hasn't looked the greatest all year. You know, I don't know what he's doing lately. Maybe he's hurt. Maybe he's robbing dudes at poker games. I don't know. But um, <laughs> did you remember that story? Does anybody no. remember that story? No, Quentin, please share. Quentin Dunbar armed robbery at a poker game, bro, with friends like totally random really crazy story if you guys haven't looked at this or, or read an uh, article about it i'm sure warman may be listening uh he, he might know about it but this is like the craziest story ever uh you really do have to look into it. i wish i did some research prior to but it, it's insane that's all the research you need to do the fact that uh, the fact that i now know can watch quentin dunbar's armed robbery of his friends playing texas hold'em is yeah, the best part of the show <laughs> I so, mean, let's, oh, he's not covering is all I'm saying. His pot, um, but uh, but no, with with Russ and DK Metcalf, and it's funny. Me and B Wills had an argument about who's better, Terry McLaurin or D- DK Metcalf. I think the biggest cha- uh, game changer out there is DK Metcalf in the league. Um, and I'll say that a hundred percent. He's an absolute beast. Reminds me a lot like Calvin Johnson, but maybe even faster. Who knows? Um, so so yeah, I, I, Terry has been shut down these last couple of games. I don't know if that's all due to him. I don't know if it's because defenses are figuring him out. I don't know if it's because they have no supplement. Um, you know, receiver behind them, player B, player C. They got a bunch of dudes named Sims, as B. Wills likes to say. Uh, I don't but- think it's any secret, George, to interrupt you. I'm sorry. For the past seven quarters, Antonio Gibson has not been in the ballgame. 
Correct. And I will I will directly correlate Terry McLaurin's lack of production to the lack of running game. I believe that Antonio Gibson and Terry McLaurin are completely tied at the hip. And the, the only way that your offense is going to score any kind of points is if those guys are on the field together at the same time. If you take one of them off, then you can concentrate on Terry McLaurin. Now, Logan Thomas has provided a spark the past couple of weeks with Terry out. But if Antonio Gibson is out as well, I believe Terry McLaurin will be neutralized. But continue. Yeah. I'm sorry. No, no, and I agree with you. Um, but to, to get a little bit on the defensive side, obviously we've been really productive through these last four weeks on this winning streak, right? The defensive line and the backers have worked really well with the line, and it's easy. Dude, I could be linebacker for the Washington football team right now, dude. You are Cole Holcomb. You, you, you got a defensive line like that, bro. It's kind of easy to just fill a hole. I mean, it, it's ridiculous how much free land they get out there. Nobody even touches them. Uh, but I'll get into the defensive back end a little bit um, because I am worried about them. Cameron Curl. <sighs> 100% might be one of the best sure tacklers. Not saying he's the best athlete, best cover guy, anything like that. But if you notice, he never lets that uh, running game you know, get past five yards. He's always making that sure tackle. I don't know if you've noticed that, but it is impressive. You don't see a lot of form tackling safeties like he he was. He kind of reminds me of Landon Collins when Landon Collins was good and you know didn't get rich. Um, but now with Landon Collins out and now with uh, Deshevion Everett, it's a huge special team and strong safety guy as well. We're losing a lot of our back end guys, and I see Russ kind of exploiting that with DK. So if we don't get a mass amount of pressure on Russ and we don't cause him to do uh, throw some turnovers, there's no chance we win this game. The defense. Has to win the defense has to win this game again because we don't know how healthy Alex Smith is with his groin injury, and who knows if that's relatable to the original injury he had, the gruesome injury with the procedures, and I'm sure everyone knows about it because it's always talked about. Um, but yeah, I, I do see us losing this game. I don't want to get super wordy. I love Dustin Hopkins, though. You know, that's my boy. I just want to say after every take, I want to give him credit. Dustin Hopkins is my he's dude. back in your good graces. I'm happy to hear that. We we love the kicker dudes on this program. I'm, I'm going to go with you. Though. I'm going to pick Seattle in this game. Um, my caveat will be if Alex Smith plays, you guys will be in the ball game in the fourth quarter. It'll be a one possession game. The defense will hang in there. Dwayne Haskins plays. He will throw the Seattle Seahawks into position to take blow that game spread, title. kid. Take the, yes. If Dwayne Haskins starts this game, I don't care if it's 10 points, 12 points, 15 points. <laughs> I think it's take like it, five dude. Swallow that shit, man. That's all I'm saying. All right, go ahead. Sorry. But no, I liked where, you, where your head's at. You've been calling out Cameron Curl for weeks and DeShazer Everett, um, our boy CT. You know, he knows film as good as anybody we know. And he sent us a few DMs this week um, from Brian Baldinger of NFL Network doing a couple Baldy's breakdowns. And Baldy loves both of your safeties because when these guys run to the football, they are hats on the field, bro, and they make plays. So I mean, he I'm a big means by that is hats on fire, and I just want to correct him really quick. Hats on fire. That's where I was going with that. Thank you. You saved me from hats on the field, and don't know what I meant. By that. <laughs> That's why I love you, buddy. Hats on fire. The Washington football secondary, as well as the front four, man. I mean, those guys. It's it's crazy that I actually forgot last week as you, while I was watching you guys play that John Allen was on the D line. You're right. you're That's that right. deep. Where John Allen is an afterthought. I'm like, oh, Montez Sweat and Chase Young, those guys are beasts. And I'm like, oh yeah, oh, oh, and they got um pain. Oh, Cam, oh, Ionitis is out for the year. No one even thinks about. No, no one even thinks twice. <laughs> you, you can burst your other bicep next year, Ionitis, because we don't miss you in here in Washington. <laughs> you guys are stacked, man. Absolutely the best defensive line in football. I'll say right now. Thank you. And man. you're gonna Thank have you. to, yeah, for sure. And you're gonna have to be this week, but I don't think it matters. I think um, Seattle's gonna end that four game win streak. But as long as the dun 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 Sunday night football game turns out as I 
think it will turn out, and the New York Giants lose, you guys will still be in first place. But let's talk about Sunday night football. This game was flexed into Sunday night. The original Sunday night game was the San Francisco 49ers versus the Dallas Cowboys. And for the first time, embarrassingly, since 2006, 2007, the Dallas Cowboys had a primetime game flexed out to the 1 p.m. window. And I know on the first NFC East podcast, I ripped on you and said that uninteresting teams play at 1 o'clock. Well, guess what? That's me, guys. The Dallas Cowboys are uninteresting. But the New York Giants and more, more, more or less the Cleveland Browns are the reason this game's in prime time. Now, originally as this game was flexed, I was going to get cute. And I was going to pick the Giants to win this game. I thought a lot was trending in that. Cleveland Brian Browns. Brian was saying that. Just make a note. Brian was yeah. actually thinking it through prior to being hopping on the pod. We always do like a little five-minute chitter-chatter and kind of get our timeline in. It is some work putting the pod together. We're not just vomiting through our mouths, guys. Um, but yeah, it, it. Brian was a little conflicted on who we wanted to choose this week. I just think there is a recipe for an upset here. Okay, I am still going to pick Cleveland to win. But I think Cleveland coming off of what was their biggest game of the year. People are calling that Sunday night game against the Ravens the NFL game of the year. So I think Cleveland coming off their game of the year, a devastating, gut-wrenching loss to their arch-rival Baltimore Ravens, going on a short week, traveling to New York. You have a New York Giants proud football team. They're a proud team. They play hard for Joe Judge and Patrick Graham on that defense. Playing their worst game of the season. So I feel the Giants are going to play much better but as, I, as, as we looked before the game, it sounds like Daniel Jones, hamstring and now ankle, are going to keep him out of this game. And although Colt McCoy led the New York Giants to an upset against the Seattle Seahawks, I think it's going to be really hard to lead an upset against the Cleveland Browns. We've talked about Miles Garrett week after week. He's torn up the entire NFC East this season. He's torn up the entire league this season. He's second in sacks behind only Aaron Donald, who is the greatest defensive player in football, bar none. So I think Cleveland's defense is probably going to be too much to handle. You know what? Fuck that. This is the NFC East feast, and we like hot takes. I don't care who's playing quarterback for the New York football Giants. I think the Giants pull off the upset, George. I got the Giants Giants over the Browns on Sunday night football. Let's go, G-Men. All right. I, I don't necessarily like your take. I'll be honest with you. And it's only because I read a couple articles prior to the pod, B. Oh, you read um, something? That I read like something. Challenge? Yep. Is that part of your 75-day challenge you're reading? <laughs> Back to the Giants um, game with Cleveland Browns, right? So have you heard about Jason Garrett? Jason Garrett has COVID-19. Yeah. If that's a real if that's a real thing. If it's a real thing, he does have the COVID and he is playing or Freddie Kitchen will be be calling plays and they also canceled practice on Thursday. Danny Dimes is hurt. Their defense looked a bit disheveled last week against Kyler. A lot of things aren't really going their way. I do think the Browns, I think they're solid running game. I think they rely on that with Nick Chubb and I I Obviously, don't forget about Kareem Hunt. Kareem Hunt, Miles Garrett, obviously. Um, so there's a lot of players on that team. And I think we've all, you said that the Browns have played everybody in the NFC East. Have yes, they? Yeah, we, yeah. We play that whole division. Yes. And the Browns, they beat the Washington football team. Uh huh. They beat the Philadelphia Eagles. 
and they beat the Dallas Cowboys, they're going to try to do something that um, a few teams have done this so year. So they're, already- they're going to get the clean sweep. They're going to get the clean sweep against the G-men uh, just because of uh, missing practice on Thursday against the Browns is, is not going to help them in any means. And I think Jason Garrett has really uh, built a rapport with the, with the uh, Danny Dimes. And with Danny Dimes hurt and not getting the same plays and they're getting it from Freddie Kitchens, bro, come on, dude. Can you tell me though who Freddie Kitchens coached last season? <sighs> Come on, man. Put me on the spot, dude. Okay. It was the Cleveland Browns, George. So call me crazy. How was their offense last year compared to this year? I'm not saying okay. that he's going to light the world on fire, but I'm saying having that guy with the headset on and talking to Joe Judge and Patrick Graham, he might have a little bit of insight on the Cleveland Browns. Yeah. It's crazy that we're in a hot debate right now about the Browns and the Giants, but I love it. I think I think that Freddie Kitchens has a chip on his shoulder about Baker Mayfield, and I think that he might be able to lend a hand in the Giants' upset victory that I'm calling. Okay. I I think um, something I'm going to look out for in this game is I wish that Odell Beckham was playing because this is a revenge game for Odell. He he came out a couple weeks ago and talked about how hurt he was um, when the Giants traded him. Um, so I'll, I'll, we're not going to get to see Odell go against his former team. Odell gets hurt a lot, bro. Feelings, injuries. I, I don't. I'm not a huge Odell guy. So sorry. Not not a huge Odell guy. Well, I'm not. I'm not a huge Odell fan, but I like the way he parties. He's he likes pizza. He likes models. He likes a little bit of blow on the counter. I'm, I mean, I just like his style. But back to football here. Likes men. I, sorry, go ahead. He likes to be defecated on. Okay, but now we're just getting totally rated R. I think that the Cleveland Browns receivers that will be on the field is a very interesting matchup, and I think that may decide the game. I'm not sure if Denzel Ward, the Browns' top corner, will be healthy, but I want to see um, that that Browns secondary against the Giants' wide receivers. But I'm, again, I'm going to, uh, to call for the upset here and say that the Giants take back first place, but George, clearly you are on the Browdies. All right, so we got, we got, I think we got Jay Money next, right? Jay Money is next. Jay Luds went two and two last week, which gives him in the NFC East an even um, 17 and 17. So he's 500. But of course, he, we introduced his new segment, which is Luds Steal of the Week. And he had a great pick, picking the upset on Sunday night, having the Browns or the Ravens. And we all know that was a crazy game, and he almost pulled it off. But overall, we're still going to give him a 500 record in the East, but 0 and 1s in Luds Steal of the Week. But as we go into Week 15, let's see how Luds is feeling. Merry Christmas, Jeff. Dun, 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 dun. Week 15, NFC East Beast. Your boy Jay Luds coming at you with his picks. I'm 17 and 17. So take my picks or don't take my picks, but I'm, I'm bringing them. So first game of the week, we got the 49ers at the Dallas Cowboys. San Francisco's favorite minus three on the road. So in my opinion, I think it's another good chance here for Dallas to lose ground in their draft position. As I think they'll beat the 49ers this week in a close one. The Niners are so beat up, to be honest, and Dallas coming off that nice victory last week over the Bengals. I think Dallas wins this game 24-23. Dallas plus three in this one. Next game, Seattle Seahawks on the road against the Washington football team. Seattle's favorite minus five and a half. So Washington football team hasn't lost by more than three points since week five. I don't know if anybody knew that. That's pretty impressive. Wow. Good stat by Luds right there. Man, you guys play tight games. Good work, Jeff. 
but I just don't think there's enough uh, consistent offense out of the Washington football team to keep it close. Um, I think Seattle does cover the spread here. I don't think this will be a blowout game, though. But I'm taking Seattle minus five and a half, 26-20 Seahawks. Next game, Philadelphia Eagles at the Arizona Cardinals. Arizona's minus six. So both teams are coming off big wins last week. Uh, Philly with that stunning win over the Saints. And uh, Cardinals getting it done against the Giants' tough defense. I don't like the spread on this, but Arizona's in the thick of the playoff run. Um, I'm taking them at home. Minus six, 30 to 23 Cardinals. Next game, Cleveland at the New York football Giants. Cleveland's minus four and a half on a away game. I think Danny Dimes is out this week for the Giants. So their offense continues to look pathetic, in my Mm -hmm. opinion. Their defense is what's winning them games. They haven't scored more than 20 points since week 10. And Cleveland coming off that tough fought game against Baltimore last week. I think Cleveland's defense plays a lot better, and Cleveland wins this game. 28-20, Cleveland minus four and a half. Now, for the pick everybody's been waiting for, my steal of the week. I am 0-1, but we can all agree that that was a hard-fought game last week. I think Cleveland had the game in their hands, but of course, um, you know, Jackson came in, coming off that, uh, I guess he had cramping, but... I I just you can't I mean what if someone lost a lot of money on that game and Luds is making excuses right now about cramping dude really I mean can, can I just bring in my hot take real quick I think Lamar Jackson had to take a shit <laughs> <laughs> That's what's up. I remember that yeah yeah I think Lamar funny. dropped a deuce he's like all right I'm good came back in the game and just gashed him up the gut but no, Luz, you might have lost some people some money, bro. So, I know, yeah, I know our- take some honestly, take some credit here, Luz. When you lose somebody money, you gotta say, hey, you know, if it wasn't for Lamar Jackson shitting himself, we would have really won that game. You know, well, <laughs> goes with his second steal of the week. Long story short, I am Owen one, so we're gonna travel to the NFC South. And it's, it's just another chance for me to talk about my Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Oh Tampa Bay had a-, a Tampa Bay homer wants to sneak his bucks onto the NFC East feast. At Atlanta, they're on the road, favored by six. So here we are in week 15, two divisional teams that haven't played each other yet, finally squaring off this late in the season. Atlanta hasn't been able to stop anybody on defense this year, as everybody knows. I don't see anything um, that Atlanta can do to actually win this game. I don't. I'm not saying the Bucks can cover the spread, even though I'm going to take them. But with Julio being out, most likely because he hasn't practiced for two days straight, I think they don't have a solid run game. Which Bucks are number. I don't think they're number one anymore, but they're in the top five against the run. So they can't really run the ball. Matt Ryan's been under pressure all year. I think Tampa wins this. Minus six, 34-17 Buccaneers. Good luck this week, fellas. NFC East is uh, entertaining every week, and it's, you know, you never know. So take it easy. Talk to you next week. Entertaining to say the least, and that goes for you as well, Jeff. You entertain us every week, and um, I'm feeling his second steal of the week. I, I think the Bucks blow out the Falcons. Luds gets back on track. He's still 500 in the division. And um, I think he he gets back on the winning side of things this week. So appreciate you as always. 
Yeah, the only thing that about that Atlanta Bucks game would be uh, stealing my time out of my life to watch that game. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> if you really want to go there. Uh, but thank you, Luds. We appreciate your hot takes, man. 17 and 17, brother. That's not bad. You know, you're this, gonna- crazy, this crazy COVID season, man, to be a 500 better, I think it's pretty respectful. So um, I give Lud some credit. And I told him earlier, I think by the end of the season, he uh, he will be on the winning side of things. And speaking of winning, I think that's something that my Dallas Cowboys are going to do this weekend and the rest of the division will not, as we will inch closer to first place in the NFC East. But that's a long shot. Appreciate you all for listening. Week 15, NFC East. Food.